Hello, everyone. Welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. We're back to podcast form. Back to the original. Uh, the original. <laughs> the original, the original, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is our first back-to-audio-only version of the podcast. There's nothing on YouTube this week. Nope. Makes it 10 to 15 times easier on me. It does. And yep. we're actually sitting on couches. We're comfortable. Comfortable. We're back to just... I'm still a little chilly, though. I mean, your house is still cold. That hasn't changed. Comfortable. Our house is still comfortable. <laughs> uh, there's a blanket next to you. You don't have to there worry. Is. You can wear a blanket if I you want to wear or put, put a blanket on, can. whatever. Yeah. It's if right you want here. to, you don't have to worry about cold. Yeah, you don't have to worry about people looking at you on on YouTube and making no. fun of you for wearing I can a make goofy faces like this, and, and nobody will judge me. That was normal face for you. <laughs> so anyway, we are back. Yeah. Um, wanted to say first off before we get into anything else. So before our break, we talked about starting to do some interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had some people reach out, and that you know we're interested to do it. Thank you, those of you that have. However, we're not quite there yet with our internet. Um, it's getting better it, and yeah. better as mm-hmm. time goes on. But we're still yeah. getting some cutouts every few minutes to where you lose a you know a couple seconds. Um, and we want to put out a quality product. I don't want a lot of what? Huh? Hold on. Exactly. Oh, you cut out. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is wait it out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And once that kind of that gap gets filled in, we will we will circle back to that. Well, um, <clears throat> you mentioned. Off the, off the show last week, um, or last time that you had a tree that might potentially be causing some issues. Will that help? If we cut the tree down, that would help. Okay. Um, but also once they get the satellites back into position and doing all that stuff, it will cut down a lot better or a lot more on it too. Um, so we'll see. Okay. They're saying they should have like coverage worldwide pretty much by September. Which means, which means all of our gaps will be filled in. That is crazy to yeah. me. It's like a net all oh, the way is. around the world. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, not our cool. point here. Right. Um, just know we will reach out and, yeah. and start doing interviews yeah, you, before uh, long. If you contacted us about uh, potentially being on the show, we have not forgotten about you. We will contact you as soon as we get uh, some really, really good internet. Yeah, and give us a little bit of time still. We'll take like long. No, but just don't like expect call tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you want to be on the show and you haven't actually yeah. reached out yet, go to the website, rcplanelab.com, and click on, I think it's be a guest at the top or something up there. Yep. I don't remember. You can also just contact us and say, hey, I'd like to be on the show someday. Here's, you know, here's what I'd like to talk about. And you can contact us lots of different ways. Yes, Lots but if you fill out the questionnaire <laughs> on the website, True. then it gives us all the information that we need. True. Or want. I guess we don't need, but want. Want. Um, but yeah, however. But don't, yeah, reach out and do whatever you want to do and just get in touch with us. Yep. Next. what? Uh, that's all I actually had for Okay. For well, so speaking of, uh, you know, good internet and things like that, we were we were able to post a new video on the, on the YouTube channel. All three engines running. All three. Three YS-120s running... I'm not going to say in harmony yet, but they were running together simultaneously. Yeah, I think you're kind of getting at what I was uh, thinking. You know, when they were running, like the first two, and they were just two of them running together, they sounded really good. I was expecting the third one to add a lot to it. Mm-hmm. To me, it really didn't. It was, it was out of uh, sync. It was un- underwhelming. 
<laughs> I mean, well, I, I was I'm an engine guy. I was so. whelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. I wasn't over. <laughs> was I was just whelmed. plain whelmed. It was okay. There was nothing wrong with that. I mean, I was whelmed. So anyway, yeah. <clears throat> I am very much looking forward to hearing all three engines run in sync. In sync. Yeah. Like tuned. Yeah. Not the like the 90s way. band, but, or is it what the 2000s band? I don't know. In sync. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so that, yeah. Something yeah, they, your kids listen to, I'm you know, sure. That's going to require a lot of work. Um, but yeah, when they are, when they are all running in harmony together, uh, it will be quite the spectacle. So then that's something that you won't do on the, like the test stand. Like you wouldn't spend the time to do it there or would you? Um, so here's my plan of attack. Okay. I'll just I'll just go over this here. Um, Let, let's talk about tuning engens, like getting right. them all in sync today. Um, we okay. aren't quite sure what to talk about, but I think that's kind of the the, the direction we're taking I now. So, so. Let's, let's go that way. Yeah. Um, first off, can I start with electric? Well, sure. Okay. How, so, so Ron, let me ask you. Uh huh. Please do. How do you how do you sync electric motors? You don't have to because electric <laughs> is so perfect. I mean, there's no tuning involved. You literally plug each one of your ESCs. Into mm-hmm. the receiver, mm-hmm. and then you're done. And that's it. You, huh? you can set endpoints if you really want to. If you need to change things, you can. I didn't have to on the uh, on the Duelist, and that honestly is the only one I've done two engines. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very simple. Yeah. What What do you do? Well, it's not quite that simple. <laughs> um, so no, the the plan of attack for for me is uh, <clears throat> we'll probably utilize different. Um, run stands like I'll probably use my stand at home and run each in- engine individually uh, tune them for optimum performance so and then I'll I'll make a note of the peak rpm and a good idle rpm for each engine right uh, and then I will somehow uh, mark each engine so I know that this one's number 1 this one's number 2 number 3 so on and so forth and then once I've done that for all three engines then I will I will have a better understanding of how far off they may be. Because, I mean, we noticed, or I noticed when on the run video, that uh, there's one engine that is clearly underperforming the other two, right? And which one was that? Do it you was remember? the middle one. <clears throat> now, hold on. I will say, like, after watching the video, mm-hmm. here's one thing that I didn't even pay attention to. So we had those mounted on that run stand yes. with the, you know, the triple run stand. Mm-hmm. The two end ones yeah. were on a single piece of plywood on that stand. The middle one was on two pieces of plywood. So if you pay attention to that video, especially that motor is jumping around a little bit. Oh, is I it? mean, it was solid. I'll be honest. Those, I have not watched the video in detail yet. Well, you should. I'm going to. But probably that middle one was not um, mounted to the same piece of wood. I mean, it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't going to break off or do anything like okay. that. But that is also what caused, you know, we were wondering why the, the screws in the uh, the servo backed out a little bit. That's right. That's what caused that. Okay. So if you watch that, like I okay. said, that motor does yeah, move. Yeah. I got So you. I would not be too worried about that engine yet. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be either then. <laughs> right. But, and the reason I say that is because I, <clears throat> I want to run each engine independently, like all by itself, and really, really concentrate on just that one engine. Like in the three run, the three engine running video... Um, I couldn't really concentrate on one engine because, well, number one, you you can't. It was hard to pick out one engine out of three that are running 
at the mm-hmm. same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, to hear which one's off. Exactly. So I want to I want to optimize each engine individually on the run stand under ideal controlled. You know, they'll be using the same tank. They'll be using the same plumbing. They'll be using obviously the same fuel. It'll be the same mounting. The fuel lines will be the same. Everything will be the same. The only thing I'll be doing is swapping engines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if I can optimize all three of those individually, then I will have a better understanding of if they're off. They may not be off. It may be an indication. I forgot all about the servo being loose. So that might be why that engine never really reached peak RPM. Yeah. You know, maybe the throttle wasn't, you know, yeah, maybe it it moved quickly before we even noticed anything about it. So, so anyway, uh, optimize all three of them, make a note of the peak RPM for each one and if they are off, which they probably will be some, and that's not uncommon. You know, every engine doesn't perform exactly the same as one just like it, even though they you would think they should. Because, <laughs> um, you know, carburetor orifices, I think that's the plural of orifice. Orifici. Orifici, there you go. I could be wrong, too. I like that. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, but anyway, th- there could be small differences that would lead to, you know, differences in, in peak RPM. Um, but once I have those numbers and I have them... Uh, marked down once the engines are installed in the airplane then i can limit you know endpoint adjustments or, or whatever to uh, get those matched at either end the high end and the low end so you're not going to like you're not going to want to be changing the tune on no. them once they're nope. done so nope. you don't want anything to change on no, any want, of them once you mount them exactly like i want the engines to run in their most ideal state, I don't want to have to richen one up to, to, you know, to drop RPM because, you know, as altitude changes or whatever, that engine's going to react differently than the other one that's optimized. So that if all three of them are optimized, it should run the same as the other engines, no matter where it is, you know, in the altitude or whatever. So what if you get to a point where it needs to be like... Retune, like you retune your nitro planes just quickly when you're flying at the field every time. So theoretically, um, if if they do need tuned, they should all need tuned. Right. And it should be a simple matter of one or two clicks on a high speed needle, and that's it. Now remember, these YSs they don't have oh, they a, don't low have a low speed, speed. needle. Yeah. You know, it depends on that uh, regulator screw to get that idle RPM just right. Um, and by optimizing that on the stand, I will. Hopefully, never have to worry about that particular adjustment. Will you try, like when it's built into the the cowling? Will you try to have a, an access point to that, or are you just going to leave that? My plan is to not have an access to the low speed, you know, to that regulator screw. Um, but I mean, it would be a relatively small hole, um, and my, you know, kind of looking forward as to how we're going to mount those engines and, you know, we're going to have a, a fake dummy radial. I imagine there's going to be plenty of access for that anyway. Yeah. So, but there will be, definitely be access to the high-speed needles. And like I said, theoretically, you know, if, if all three engines are, are optimized, if one needs a slight adjustment, they will probably all need the same slight adjustment. So then, like, would it make sense instead of doing it all just on that one stand, would it make sense to have them all mounted on this thing that we used already and then just kind of work one at a time and then that way you can run them together to see how close they will be once you're done adjusting them? We could do that, but there are differences even on our little run stand because 
it was hastily put together. You know, the, the oh, as a run stand, yeah. The, the tanks were all you know were different sizes, so that's a different potentially a different pressure. You know, inside the tank, the well, fuel tubing was all probably different lengths. I like the fact of being able to optimize each engine on my run stand using everything the same for each engine. Well, but I'm, I guess what I'm saying though is if we're going to have to have three whatever size tanks, you oh, know, I at the end, saying. why not just set that all up now and then have one full set done to where all you have to do then is just install that in the airplane? Yeah, we, we could certainly do that. Um, and then I could hear all three of them run together optimized and I would be happy. <laughs> um, yeah, we could do that. Um, but there, you know, even, even after they're installed in the airplane, you're going to have things like, you know, making sure the, the, you know, the, the geometry of the throttle linkage to the servo, that was going to have to be identical, or I'm going to have to get into the, and this was another uh, step in the process. Uh, once I have, you know, the engines optimized and I have the mat, you know, the RPMs matched on the high end and the low end, then you have to make sure everything is the same through, you know, in the transition from low to high, right? Well, and that should be easy to do on the nacelle engines, but not on the nose engine. Right. Because that, if we end up putting a pilot, an interior, all that kind of stuff, you might not be able to get that servo in the same position yes. as you can on the, the outer wing ones. Right. And that's why it's, it'll require fine-tuning on the airplane when, you know, when we get Whenever to that Whenever that gets done. <laughs> when we get to that <laughs> point. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a lot of tinkering, which I love to do anyway, um, before we get them on the airplane. And then it'll be more tinkering when they're on the airplane. So what's the be fun. So then what's the next step after you have them all tuned and let's say we <clears> mount <throat> them together on this stand so we can hear all three of them run the right way. Mm -hmm. Um what's the next like how do you make sure it's all set up the same? Yeah. So because I, like sorry, it's kind of go okay. to go back. When you have them tuned the same, like even if it's tuned where their max RPM is 11,000, you know, whatever it's going to be. Let's say it's 11,000. Okay. And you have an idle that's, what, 2,000 RPM? Yeah. If you have that tuned the exact same for all of them, mm -hmm. does that really, does that curve work the same for every engine to where half throttle then is 7,000 RPM? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> like, you know, so there's differences in servos. Like, you can buy three different servos and, you know, the... The low to high might be perfectly linear on one servo, but it may be less than linear on another servo, even though they might be the same servos. So um, once they're mounted, let's say we're going to put, put them on the stand, uh, on our three-run stand. Mm -hmm. That's its name now, three-run stand. That used to be a bean buggy, by the way. <laughs> That it's I rescued no longer... that from an old farm, <laughs> and it had an engine on it, and they used to use that to pick the weeds in Beanfield mm -hmm. um, back in the 70s. It was actually made here in central Illinois somewhere. I don't remember what the company was. Um, but, yeah, I saved that from a farm, rebuilt it. My, my kid and I kind of put another motor on it for a little while and just played with it, and then it was in the junk pile again to get rid of, and then we decided, hey— Let's use it for our run. Stand. It's really handy because it's like the perfect height. Oh, I know. It works great. work on them and everything. Um but yeah, once once uh, once I've ran each engine, optimized it, and then we'll mount them on the stand again, the three run stand again. Um, <laughs> and what my goal is to put each throttle on a separate channel. And is that how you did it on this video? Yes. Okay. Um, and then to <clears throat> that will allow me to independently adjust each servo and 
in addition to that, each servo's EPA endpoint adjustment, and then also um, the IX12 that I'm planning on using, I can also program curves. So, you know, <clears throat> for example, let's say I've got all three engines idling perfectly happy at 2000 RPM, and then I run them all up to full throttle and they go happily to 11,000 RPM. Perfect. So now, next test will be back it off to half throttle, and let's say one engine's at 7,000 RPM and the other ones are at 7,500. I'll be able to use that throttle curve or that curve function to bring that middle in line with the other one. Does that I make gotcha. sense? Okay, yeah. So that's why I want to use three separate channels so I can have really, really fine control of that curve from idle to full throttle. That makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. Um, did you have to go through all that with your Duelist? No, actually the, um, the Duelist I just... I, I mean, I have them on separate channels on the Duelist, um, but those engines, and you can hear it in the in the Duelist flying videos. They're not perfectly in sync. Um, they're they're pretty close at idle, and they're really really close at wide open. But everywhere in between, I don't really ever recall them being perfectly in sync. And on that airplane, I don't really fly it much less than full throttle anyway, so I didn't worry so much about it. But I could. Mm -hmm. I, because of the way I set them up, I could do the curves just like that. And I may do that as a matter of practice. Because you like to tinker. Because I do like to tinker. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's the okay. that's the plan for syncing uh, three YS-120s. I think that should go well then. Yeah. So start on yeah. it. Well, okay. <laughs> like, on the airplane or on the engines or what? We'll start with the engines. Okay. Where are you, by the way, on the airplane? When are we actually going to start? Because you have stuff you need to do that you haven't touched yeah, um, so I finally got the remainder of my uh, balsa order that we ordered April of last year. Remind me to backtrack on my balsa <laughs> order when you're finished, oh, okay. by the way. you got news, hopefully. Um, so I'm going to go through that order or the remainder of my orders and take stock of what I have. Um, so that was that was a different company, by the way. So it's it not who we were talking about yeah. before. It was. And it took you a year. Year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. From the time. <laughs> well, not a year and a half, a year and three months. May, June. A yeah. year and a quarter. So it yeah. took you a year and a quarter from the time you, here's my money, I want some balsa. Yes. To the time you got your balsa. Yeah. I got the majority of the order pretty much right away. But yeah, this this was the remainder of that order, which was about a quarter of the total of the order. Um, and I just got it last week. Oh, that was that stuff you ordered for the Duelist? Yes. <laughs> that just hit me. That Yes. Exactly. Oh, wow. So that plane's been built and flown mm -hmm. for six months. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And this particular company, I wasn't worried about it. They were, they gave me communication. I got, I got mm. emails from them periodically saying, here's the status. What's that like? Uh, it was nice. Cool. Actually, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was fairly low stress. I'm pretty low stress when it comes to stuff like that because I'm not in a bind. Now, if I had been in a bind and I really needed that stuff, I would have probably told them to, you know, just bill me for what you have, refund me for what you don't have, and I'll source it somewhere else. But, but you, still, you still had to source it somewhere else because we bought a bunch of stuff up yeah, at our, but I mean, uh, our hobby shop. Yeah, we bought it because it was a good deal. Oh, like true. the stuff at, uh, you know, at uh, the place in uh, Champagne, the big bundles we bought, that was a good deal. I didn't, I, oh yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah I didn't buy some of that there. That, I forgot yeah. about that. And I used what was quite that, a quarter by three or quarter by four no, they by were, 36? They were sheets, I think, weren't they? Well, quarter by three, that was what I mean. Quarter inch by three inch uh -uh. sheets. No, they were eighth inch. These were eighth inch sheets or three thirty second. 
was it? Yeah, they were big. They were wrapped in plastic. But anyway. Yeah, it um, doesn't matter. Yeah. So once I take stock of everything I have, uh, then I'll put together an order for the company that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we had talked a little bit about uh, the fuselage stringers out of a new type of material we had talked about. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But it's actually a yeah. uh, uh, an aluminum-covered plastic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be heavier, but it's going to be stronger. And I think for the stringers, it's probably going to be okay. Okay. It's like yep. it, what's called an aluminum composite panel. Um, so we're going to try that, and we'll see how that works. Yeah. You can glue to it easily. Yeah. You know, it, it should... We'll, we'll tinker with it some before we actually build a fuselage out of it. But I, yeah. think, it, I think with the... The design that we have come up with and the and the layout, um, I think it won't be really that much heavier than building it more solidly out, out of balsa and built block. up balsa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and so, yeah, we have done some behind the work scene, you know, behind the scenes work, behind the whatever. We've done some stuff <laughs> planning wise, and we we've, we've kind of made some some end roads. Some I my gosh, some I think roads. Yeah. we've made some, what's it called? We've made in some roads. headway headway into okay. that or something. Hey, what's a headway? I don't know. About Four eight, and a half pounds. About eight pounds. <laughs> anyway, we've uh, we've made some progress. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I was trying to say. It took me that long yeah. to get out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, we have some plans on what we're going to do. But back to my balsa order. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Three hope- weeks ago, I was told it would ship by the end of the week. Uh-huh. Still not here, is it? Oh, I'm, that's that's my update. I have no clue. <laughs> I've not heard anything back. So I don't have anything, not heard anything. The funny thing is, though, we've had three people reach out. Yes, Asking they, me, they've all guessed the correct correctly company. Yeah. What company we're talking about? Yeah. And I, like I said, if you've reached out, uh, you yes, <laughs> yeah, you you nailed it. I'm not going to say it once again. Yeah. I don't think that's appropriate yet, um, because I just don't. I'm not out to badmouth anybody, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, so apparently it's not just me, and yeah. it's not just going to be you. Right. Um, right. And it happened to you with another order too, a year and well, three months later. From a different company. Different company. Um, And like I said, and I even said this in our last podcast, I said, I can excuse, um, you know, lateness because of the, because of the current situation with Balsa. I can excuse, you know, waiting a long, long, long (laughs) time for some Balsa because the company was forthright and they told me ahead of time, hey, we don't have this particular stuff in stock. It's going to be... You know, did they tell you 15 months when you ordered it though? Well, no. Well, I don't think they knew it was going to take that long. Okay. Um, Okay. But anyway, I'm not in a hurry. So if I had been in a hurry, yeah, I would, I would probably be a little more upset and who knows, you know, when I, when I finally go to place my order with the, your company, um, I may get frustrated. Hopefully not. I would do it soon. That's all I'm saying. Do it soon. So you can have it for next year. Like, uh, so the company we're talking about, he does post updates on uh, social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm waiting uh, when he he usually posts an update whenever he's getting ready to acquire uh, balsa um, stock. Not stock, but uh, The bricks lumber. that you cut it out of. Yeah, yeah. balsa lumber. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I see that, he, that he's acquired some of that, then I'll probably that's when I'll place my order. If what he does, doesn't do what that does that soon, matter, though? Well, because I'm not being told like, he doesn't have it in stock. I'm just being told he's not doing it. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I've not been. He's never said, "Oh, I'm out of all this stuff." He's just said, "I'm working on getting orders out, and yours is coming up soon." 
So, yeah, I don't think it's it's because he doesn't have any. Well, I'm fairly certain that's why he's not sending stuff out. Really? I think so. Why would you not tell me that then? I don't know. Like I said, there's not been, there's not even been hinting of that. Okay. It's just, I'm getting through as many orders as I can. Your number isn't up yet. Hmm. Anyway, let's move on. That's, yeah. that's not the big deal. So, yeah. Last thing go. I want to talk about then. We had somebody, let's see, where's my paper here? Alan reached out to us and he said, I've enjoyed your podcast. I'm new to flying and I'm learning from you as well as other resources. I may have missed it, but I'm wondering if you could all do an episode after your break on the basics of selecting and mounting a camera and getting good footage in flight. Type of cameras, how to securely mount so you don't lose it, 360 degree feature, FPV, etc. Not sure how much of that you do. That's a great question. It is, and one actually that we could use some input on. Absolutely. Um, Okay. I will say, first off, trying to get video of an airplane flying in the air from the ground is very difficult to do well. Yeah, that takes um, people who do that well, they make it look easy. And it's not easy. it's not. (laughs) It's very difficult to keep that little airframe airplane in the in the frame in the viewfinder. yeah so i have not mastered that yet no nor um, have i no i mean i'm, I'm even worse I mean, than you, you are worse than me i've seen it. it's terrible um so that's difficult but if you're talking about like flying an airplane and putting a camera on it we only have well we've only used one real camera mm-hmm. to do that we both have the uh the gopro max mm-hmm. which is a 360 degree camera which is awesome I love it. Do it does too. a really good job. Downsides, though, mm-hmm. it's heavy. It is a little heavy. So you've got to have a bigger airplane to do it. Yeah. And you have to watch CG because yes. of the size of that, because <laughs> yes, of the weight. Um, so if you're trying to get into doing it, like for us when we mounted it, we knew we were going to be putting, well, we knew we were going to be putting that camera on that airplane right. when we built the airplane. Exactly. Um so that made it a little bit easier for us because we yeah. were able to strengthen the spots where we were going to mount it. Yep. You really, I mean, you have to have a good mounting point for something that heavy. Absolutely. So solid balsa behind it yeah. is what we did. Yep. We used uh, the, the quarter inch rod kind of as a, as a standoff. And then once we drilled through the, uh, the balsa and tapped it out, use the the thin CA glue to kind of strengthen, strengthen that up it. so that it was yep. a, a good tight fit. Yeah. When it comes to other cameras though that are lighter, a lot of times you can just stick them on. Mm-hmm. I would like to get another camera or two that are the lighter stick on types. Now, what like what do you guys use? So if you yeah. know what you or if you've used a different camera that you liked, something that's light, something that works well, reach out to us and let us know what you're looking at. Yeah. Um so I found, I think it was a, uh, what was it? I found the Runcam. I don't know anything about it other than mm. I saw it on Amazon for about a hundred bucks. Oh. There's a few different versions of that that look like it might be good. Like the, the footage I've seen is pretty good. It doesn't, from what I can tell though, it doesn't really stabilize it well. Okay. Like the GoPro does. Yeah. And the GoPro does a fantastic job of that. <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, it really does. The only problem though with GoPro too is that you have to have a pretty decent computer to kind of do all the processing and stuff on it because those are big files. Big files, yeah. Big and 
it's an extra step because yeah. you know when you record, I if you use it in three or in the three sixty mode, you record that whole three sixty that yeah. you have to tell it, look at this, and then look at this, and then look at this at this time, yeah. so that it will go through and process that footage A lot of for editing it. too. Yeah, um, but it gives you good results. It yeah, it really does. Um, but I think we could probably minimize. Um, that the image stabilization that you're talking about, we could probably minimize um, surface vibration and thing like things like that just with mounting. You know, I think if we're if we're careful at how we mount it, like I haven't seen the camera you're you're talking about, but um, I bet there's ways to to mount it so that it, we don't have to worry so much about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let if you guys if you guys have been successful, you know, video uh, recording flying from the ground. Let us know how you did that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I would like to to not master that, but get a little bit better. Because that is not easy. At least right. not with the setup we're trying to use. So yeah. if you know if you know a good setup that's uh, not terribly expensive, uh, let us know. Yeah, and if you use cameras too that work well for doing that, just that you can tape to a plane or something like that. Yeah, I want to be able to fly smaller airplanes yes. with a camera on it. Yeah, I don't want to have to use bigger plane to make up for that weight. Yeah, so and we think you know we think you guys want flying videos. It doesn't matter what we're flying. So if we have some smaller airplanes that we are easier to fly, that makes it easier for us to put out videos for you. That is true. So yeah, if you've got a if you've got a camera you guys like to use or you've seen someone use successfully, let us know what it is and we'll look into it. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? No, that pretty much uh, pretty much covers what I wanted to cover. I think it's a short one this week. So, um, is it? sweet. Yeah. Um, Sometimes short is short and to the point. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, yep. go ahead and uh, email us. Yep. Ron at rcplanelab.com or Tom at rcplanelab.com or go to the website and just fill out the contact us form and let us know what you want to hear. We yeah. will uh, be back in a couple weeks. Yep. Anything else you want to say? No, just. Um, Go watch our three-engine run video if you want to. That was a, it was a, it was worth making. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we check will, out some of our other videos if you if we you're will, into that sort of thing. We will do it again. Yeah. And we are planning on uh, doing some other uh, quick little videos like that, so you can expect some stuff like that from us soon. Great. Well, then until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Todd. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.